Thank you all so much for having us. Uh, we just really enjoyed our time with you guys to, to, uh, to meet and greet uh, part of our body, part of our church family, uh, being at, we're at our Savior's Church in Lafayette. So uh, thanks for having us again. Um, it's like we don't want to go back. It's sort of like a second home. So thanks for being so welcoming. Tracy and Pastor Bubba, you guys are great. And just, just to finally visit and to do it this way is really meaningful to both of us. Uh, let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to break open to the Word and uh, our message. Lord, thank you for, for giving us the chance to gather together, be body the body of the Christ. That Lord, we all work together to create within us change. And tonight, uh, today, I just ask, the Lord, the Word that you've given me on communication would help us to connect with one another. In Jesus' name. So I've entitled my message, uh, what did you say? And it's, a lot of it's for the guys because I say that a lot um, to my wife. It's partly because I have to say that because if I don't say it, I will miss a lot of what she says. And guys, just to let you know, it's important to catch what your wife tells you. You know, God made her a helpmate for a reason. And there's a lot of help that comes to me from God for my wife. And one of the ways I receive it is when I listen. So guys, I want you, go, you guys to participate today with me as we go through a message on the fine art of communicating. Now we know in the, the Tower of Babel, God confused our languages. And I think today we still have some confusion between the males and the females, okay? Amen? We really, and we, we covered this Friday in the gender differences between men and women. Those of you who weren't here, you can catch it on, our, on the podcast as Pastor Bubba described. Now, for Melissa and I, you would think that we would be excellent communicators because between the two of us, we spent 14 years, say 14, 14, 14 years in college, okay? Now, a lot of what we did in college wasn't educational, I'll just tell you right now, all right? 14 years, about $100,000, say $100,000. $100, I have a master's degree in counseling. That's, that means that they spent a lot of time teaching me how to listen. I know, ladies, that sounds absurd to you, but for me, it was really important. And for Melissa, she actually has a master's degree as well. It's in, you guessed it, communication. Okay? eighty dollars to $100,000 between the two of us, 14 years, a master's degree. That's seven years of college for her communicating, seven, seven more years for me, and guess what? We had to go to counseling to learn how to communicate. <laughs> it's true. It's sad, but true. We had to spend more money to learn how to do something we were supposed to be the experts at. Amen? So just know that what I'm sharing with you, I'm still working on today. It might be a message for me. I don't know. If it's for you, I hope it helps you. So we're going to look at uh, our sort of a guiding scripture for our, our message today is James 1, 19 through 20. I think we'll have it for you on the board. <clears throat> Four parts we'll cover. And let's read it together if you have it with me. You guys can put it up. So then, my beloved. Say, my beloved. That's you. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Other translations say anger. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let's say it together. So then, my, my beloved, brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
Now, the primary purpose of communication, just so you all know, is not to criticize. It's to connect. Say that with me. The primary reason for communication is to connect. Everybody say connect. connect. To connect. Now, communication, I looked up the word in Latin, and it's communis. It means to share. So if we're going to share a life together, we need to learn how to communicate. Make sense? If we're going to share a life together, we need to learn how to communicate. Communicate is a way of you and I becoming one, coming together. So let's look at the first part of this scripture, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. I'm going to give you about four points for each of these three pieces in this scripture. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. You ever wonder why God gave us two ears and one mouth? You ever think about that? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that he wanted us to do twice as much listening as we do speaking. Okay? Now, the sanguines, they're a different breed altogether. They speak all the time, and maybe they need to really listen to this message a little bit. But they're gifted at communicating. That's the way God's made them. But for us, in general, we have two ears and one mouth. Maybe it's because we need to learn to listen twice as much. Proverbs 18.13 helps us with this and reinforces what I'm saying. It says this, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Now, when I began to be counseling, when I was counseling people, I would hear stories my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. You know, people will come up and tell us a story, and the story they tell us, it gives you a certain impression of what's going on, okay? And then we begin to offer counsel. And so you might have a friend that comes to you and says something that's going on with their life, and, and you'll, you'll hear all these details about what's going on, and you'll, you'll be, oh, I got a solution for you. And you'll share it, but what the Bible says is that if you haven't really listened you're a fool. And in this situation, you have two stories, don't you? And so as a counselor, and then for all of us, what we need to do is make sure that we don't do that because it becomes gossip if we do. Does that make sense? So we want to be quick to listen. Listening first is what we need to do. Listen first. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He's saying listen first. You get a first listen. Stephen Covey famously said, In his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, seek first to understand before being understood. He believed that to get somebody to listen to you, you had to listen to them first. I think what happens when we do this is we demonstrate to the other person we actually care about them, about what they're saying. When people are fighting, what they're doing is they're so focused on being understood first that nobody understands each other, right? We're so consumed with wanting to be heard first that we, neither one of us are listening. When we begin to demonstrate that we are interested first, we demonstrate care, now we've earned trust. So until somebody can really trust you, they really don't care what you have to say. Make sense? I know for me, this is something I had to learn. I have a lot of information. and somebody comes to sit with me in counseling, I want to help. And sometimes I want to help so badly. I want to help so desperately. I start to tell them things right when I start to notice things, but it misses. They don't seem to catch it. 
And I didn't realize for a while that this was what was going on, is that they really didn't trust what I was saying. Because I hadn't demonstrated enough yet that I cared, that I really was interested in them. And for many of us, that's what's in the way. We're really more interested in being smart or telling you what I know and impressing you than in really helping. Does that make sense? Amen? Listen first. Listen intentionally. Now, intentionally, one of the things that they taught me in counseling school, it reminds me of, uh, of Melissa and when she went to some training on how to install a child seat. Melissa came, this is years ago, Melissa was a, a, an injury prevention specialist, and she went to school for a week to learn how to install a child care seat. And, and my first thought was, what are they going to teach you how to do, make plastic or something? I mean, how, how much time do you really need to spend learning how to do something that seems so basic? But she was there from 7 in the morning to 6 at night every day for a week with a half an hour lunch break, I think, and intense details on the weights of children and the weights and the, all these different types of cars. You had to know the different types of cars and, and the reverse seats and the forward seats and the airbags and all this detail that, you know, and when you think about listening, it's really not that simple. And I'd like to say that for us guys, it's really quite difficult. I mentioned uh, over our, uh, on our marriage conference about men and listening. And there's research that says when men are reading, they're literally deaf. So when your husband, ladies, is watching TV and you think he's ignoring you, he may be, but it's more likely, <laughs> it's if you want him to do something, he may be, li- he may be ignoring. But really, research is showing that men are actually partially deaf when they're engaged in what they're doing. This is why, if you're like me, guys, uh, when you're in the car and the phone rings, you turn your radio down, okay? And then your your wife will turn her up and look at you like, what's wrong with you? It's because of this fact that men cannot listen when they're engaged in something. So for us guys, we need to be intentional listeners. We need to be actively focused on the person speaking to us. Now, for ladies... Guys, don't get the wrong impression. My wife can be doing all kinds of different things. She's in the kitchen cooking for me, and I'm trying to talk to her, and she's dealing with the children as they come through the kitchen and destroying things. And I'm trying to tell her something important. And I'm wanting her to look at me like I look at her when I'm listening. And she's not. And because I think she's supposed to be like me, I get upset. And I get offended, and I say, why aren't you paying attention? And she looks at me like, have you forgotten what you just preached on? I I hear everything you're saying. I think it is rude to some degree for me to expect her to look at me while I'm talking to her while she's cooking my meal. (laughs) So I got that. So it turns out that men are deaf. Women can hear just about everything. (laughs) And they don't forget. So be quick to listen. Listen carefully. I have a a little slide with four dots I want you to show on the screen here now. This is something I use a lot in counseling, and I hope it will help you understand something. Our minds can do things without our permission. And and when you were a kid, I don't know if you were a kid like me, when high school, when 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 we had a substitute teacher, 
We'd break out a clean sheet on the notepad, and we'd make hundreds of dots, you know, made a big grid, and we play that game where, you know, you'd close the, I don't know, anybody have the na- name of that game? It, it was just that game we played in the notebook. And, and what you do is, you know, you take turns and you square, fill it in. Well, when we're talking to each other and we don't give enough detail, what our minds do is begin to fill in the blanks. So, I mean, she might say, hey, would you mind going and pick up pizza? Um, it, it needs to be here by 6.30 because the, you know, babysitter's going to be here and we need to leave by 7. And so I hear Pizza Hut and I think Pizza Hut and she says pizza and she says 6.30. I get 6.30, I get, I think 6-ish. And then by the time I'm at Pizza Hut, I'm, I'm, I go to Pizza, this is a true story by the way, I go to Pizza, I go to pizza Hut and, I'm, and I go to the counter and they're, and they're like, we got a pizza for you. Like, what do you mean of a pizza for me? I, I, it's, it should be Mark Pizza, Pizza Hut. And I call Melissa, and she, it's just like, well, what location did you go to? I said, well, I'm in the Moss location. She said, I didn't tell you to go to the Moss location. So we have had this experience where if you don't get the details, then you miss out. Now, in general terms, what we t- tend to do is fill in those blanks. Imagine in your mind as you look at it, what do you see? You see four dots, but you also can, can kind of fill it in with your mind, can't you? Well, our minds do this automatically. We'll fill in these blanks, usually with the negative stuff. Like, you're just like your mother, or whatever. Right? You just did it. You laugh because that's what you just did. Okay? So we want to listen carefully. We don't want to make assumptions. We want to listen carefully. In the absence of, you want to write this down, in the absence of good quality information, we fill in the blanks. We fill in the blanks usually with negative stuff. Usually with negative stuff. And then four, you want to listen completely. This is the craziest thing to me. So we have a heater in our bathroom that you have to manually turn on. Okay, in our bathroom, the air duct isn't connected to, to that bathroom. So we have to, in the morning, open the door, go turn the heater on, close the door, let it warm up so that when I actually need to go to the bathroom later, it's warm. In the morning, sometimes it's been accidentally left on because it's automatic. If you adjust it, it'll kick on and off. I'm in my bed this week, and I'm, I could... I, was, I could hear the fan on in my, in my head. I could hear it as if it was on. And so I wake up thinking it's warm, and I walk into the bathroom, and it's not on. It's not on. Our minds will hear things that aren't really happening. You'll hear things your wife said that really she never said, that you thought she said, and she hasn't said them. And then you're fighting over nothing, literally nothing. So don't trust your ears. The the Bible tells us to not put our confidence in the flesh. That we're not to put our confidence in this body that we have. it's, it's, It's got glitches. It goofs things up very easily. Now, to listen completely, and I remember Pastor Jacob said this just once when we were on staff. He said, we want you guys, we, we, there was a really busy time, it's always a busy time really there. 
He said, I want you guys to over-communicate so that you don't miss anything, that you don't lose out on some details. Because when we do that, we get into conflict. So when you listen completely, you want to end with confirmation. Confirmation. Say this with me. If I heard you correctly, if I heard you correctly, you said, and then fill in the blank, right? If I heard you correctly. So with Melissa, I don't like showing up at Pizza Hut and there's no pizza. Now I'm late and she's upset with me and the people who we're supposed to meet, I'm, you know, we're running late. And so I don't like when that happens. So I've learned the hard way to say, what did you say? What did you say? If I heard you correctly, you said this. Because that way we're on the same page. You know, those the truckers used to say 10-4, right? It's a 10-4. You need to get a 10-4 happening in your relationships so that you over-communicate and you can get that confirmation happening. It will avoid a whole lot of problems. Make sense? So quick to listen, slow to speak. Let's move on to slow to speak. Slow to speak. Now, slow to speak doesn't mean speak yet. Proverbs 18.21 says this. It says, The power of life and death is in the tongue. So my point is here, think before you speak. To be slow to speak means that you're going to think before you speak. So you're quick to listen. You've gotten all the information you can possibly get. You've gotten all the detail. You've said, what would you say? You've gotten confirmation. You've avoided filling in those blanks. Those four dots we showed you, you're still really listening to be slow to speak. You haven't said anything yet. Whoever said sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you, got it wrong. They got it wrong. There's this interesting thing I discovered. There's a guy named Masaru Emoto. M-A-S-A-R-U. Emoto. E-M-O-T-O. And he wrote a book called The Miracle of Water. And what he said was, he did this study where he, he studied ice under a microscope. And he wanted to see if, if, if you could, when you spoke certain kinds of positive words or spoke negative words to water, what would happen? Yeah, pretty strange. And so he, 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 he spoke Words like beautiful, peace, life, over water. And Eve actually put words and taped it onto the sides of these containers that he was studying with the ice so he would know which ones were which, right? And the words were on those labels that he had. And the, the, the negatives, he said, ugly, you know, um, disgusting. Horrible. He, he would put words and speak words that were negative over these other containers of ice. And when he looked at them under the microscope, the way that the ice crystals formed and the positives were different than the ones that were negative. They were different. The, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Okay? So I was, you know, I'm looking at uh, YouTube. I, I YouTube a video, and this guy was like, want to re- replicate some of these things. And he took two things of, I, of, of rice, and he put, a, 
he put a, a container of white rice in, 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 two containers of white rice, and he put labels only of those kinds of negative words, only labels. And he would, weekly, he would open up these containers and in the video show you what it looked like. And in about six weeks, the labels that had ugly, the rice was a lot yellower and moldier than the other rice. It was whiter, and it was not nearly as dark and moldy as the other one. Isn't that interesting? You know what? We're 80% water. Our bodies is comprised of about 80% water. And so if you are being spoken to with negativity, or you're speaking negativity to yourself, what do you think is happening inside of your body with that water? What do you think is happening to the cells in your body? And researchers have also discovered that negative thoughts are actually observable in the brain. When they scan your brain, they can find negative thoughts in depressed people. And the mass is actually darker in color. So the power of life and death is in the tongue. We need to be slow to speak. There are future consequences to the words we speak. Over our own lives, in the lives of others, in the lives of the words that are spoken over us. Does that make sense to you guys? So you're still listening. Be quick to listen. Everybody say, be quick to listen. Slow to speak. That's where we are. <clears throat> That's not what you say, but how you say it. I think this is pretty, pretty neat here. If you show the next slide, I think you might have it. It says this. I'm going to say a phrase with you. I'm going to say it three different ways. It says, the first phrase is, I. But I say, I, I didn't say you were stupid. I say, I, I didn't say you were stupid. What does that really mean? It means somebody else did, right? Right? Say, I didn't say you were stupid. Say, I didn't say you were stupid. What does that mean? I just thought it, right? Right. Say, I didn't say you were stupid. So what does that mean? Somebody else is definitely stupid, right? Okay? Now don't say, don't be pointing fingers while you're doing this, okay? I'm pointing though, huh? You see that? And then the last one is, I didn't say you were stupid. I didn't say you were stupid. Okay? And you see how that little box can start happening, those little four dots? You sort of fill in the blanks. Okay? So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And you know, people... Beloved, it's, it's usually we're not aware of how we're sounding. So to be quick to listen and slow to speak, we need to be aware of how we sound. God's given us ears. We can actually hear ourselves when you talk. We need to be paying attention to how we sound. Part three on slow to speak is speak the truth in love. Everybody say speak the truth in love. We should have this one for you. Speak the truth in love. It says here in Ephesians 4.15, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Now, I just caught this this morning as I was reading it. It says here, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ. There's something attached to when we speak the truth in love to our growth. When we speak the truth in love, we are growing in Christ. You know, the Bible says that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. As we speak the truth in love, something is 
being said to us here in Ephesians that something is going to be growing in you to become more like Christ by the words you use. Isn't that good? Some people take pleasure in telling us like it is. People who speak the truth without love think they're doing us a favor giving us truth. And I think that there are, there can be some interest in us getting help from people like that. But the truth without love I call brutality. The truth without love is brutality. It's not really love. They go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Now love without truth is just simply a lie. Love without truth is just simply a lie. The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, if I have my fly down, guys, and I'm walking through the church, please tell me. Because the truth without love is brutality. A lie without truth. <laughs> love without truth is a lie. I like to use the sandwich approach to help you get this a picture in your mind. And how do you talk to people in truth and love? How do you go up to somebody and tell them something like that? Well, think of a sandwich. Think of a sandwich for a second. You got a two loaves of bread, and bread's sort of a, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, when I was really, really poor, bread was like something you ate with sugar on it. That was like my first sandwich, right? Have you ever had those uh, sugar sandwiches? You remember those back in the day? Woo, they were pretty good. But nowadays, you know, we got we 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 would jump to the the, the, the peanut butter and jelly days, you know, and you got ham now. But the ham in the middle is like the, is like the juicy truth and love part. And you want to say something in the front end of somebody. You want to give them a compliment. Say, Pastor Bubba, you did a great job today. You know, just set up everything and all that. But, hey, you know, I, I could use a bottle of water. Where's that bottle of water? And, and, and by the way, it's not a true story, by the way. It's there already. But, and thank you so much. So what it is is you are going to compliment, and then you're going to say something that's maybe a little bit difficult for somebody to hear, and then you're going to follow it up with something like the compliment. So think of a sandwich where you've got three layers. You're going to introduce, you're going to say something nice, something, something that might be difficult to say to somebody, and then, and then you're going to end with something that's nice. I think that's something that helps me when I, because I'm, I'm a, more like a prophetic type of guy. I just want to tell you how it is. I just want to tell you how it is. I, I tend to be the truth, brutality guy, you know. And I'm thinking I'm doing you a favor, and then you don't come back, you know. And I'm like, you know, and Melissa's like, where did all the clients go, you know? I don't know, baby. I just told them how it is. And she, she said, let me tell you something about that. So speak the truth in love, and then next, speak with godly purpose. Godly purpose. Ephesians 4.29 tells us this. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to my need. No, it's according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So when I'm speaking, I'm speaking on for someone. I'm speaking for you. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. So let me help you with this and give you a couple of tips. You want to know what you want before you say it. You want to know what you... Now, I talked about this during our conference. We tend to know more about what we don't want. We 
We tend to know more about what we don't want and tell each other what we don't want. But then when you ask, well, what do you want? They, they kind of get stumped. Well, what do you want? Well, you should know what I want. Right? Ladies, we, you guys tend to do that sometimes. You tend to, because girls are like this. Girls are so intuitive, they know what each other wants before they even open their mouths. They just know. They have this intuitive sense that they know what you need, they know what others need, but they tend not to know what they need. But they know what they don't want with you. <laughs> they know what they don't want you, with you, but we have to know what we want before we ask. You need to know why you're about to say what you're about to say. What's your motivation? Why are you about to say what you're about to say? What's your, what's your et- eternal motivation? Is it to punish? Is it to correct? Know why you're about to say what you're about to say. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay, that's why I'm messing with it. I can't tell it you can hear me or not. And God says there's going to be an accounting for every word we've ever spoken. It's a pretty sobering thought there. Every word we've ever spoken, God's going to have an accounting for us. That doesn't mean our salvation has changed. It just means that there's an accounting that's going to happen with God and us at that point in time. When we go to meet him, those things are going to be addressed. I don't know how. I just know that's what the word says. And then the last point is slow to anger. Everybody say slow to anger. Slow to anger. So we've got be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Slow to anger. You want to be cautious about your triggers. And we talked about triggers over the conference time, and I'll tell you a little story I think will help you. It's a story I tell a lot of my clients that have anger issues. And it has to do with understanding trauma. As Pastor Bubba described some of his history, in that moment when he saw his parents fighting, there was an an adrenaline rush that caused him to go with great force to rescue. And that was a moment of intense anger survival instincts directed at a target to try to get something bad to stop happening. Some of us have had those kinds of experiences that still resonate within us emotionally. So let me tell you the bear story. So there's a guy, he's camping, and he's all alone in the dark woods. It's raining, and he can't see too good, and there's lightning flashing all around him. He starts to sense that something's following him, and he hears heavy breathing. He's not too familiar with the woods, but he does know that it doesn't seem like a good situation. So he begins to kind of pick up his pace. pace. He's he's moving a little bit, and and as he looks back, he he sees a big, dark shadow coming his way. And then he hears the roar, and then he realizes it's a bear. It's a big, big black bear, and it's coming for him. And he starts to run, and his heart starts to beat, and he starts to take off. And as he's taking off away from the bear, he sees a cabin in the distance. It's not too far away, but he's got to run really hard to get there. And he doesn't know how fast a bear can run. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And so he just barrels down that trail in the rain, and lightning is flashing, and he he storms up the steps of this old wooden cabin, bursts through the door, locks the door behind him, and frantically looks around the room for a light switch. He finally finds the light switch. And as he flips the light switch on, 
in the corner, a dimly lit light lights up, and in the corner is a massive bear in with him. The next day, as they were scouting for him, they found him in this cabin, laid out, hands clutching his chest, water around the floor. They saw bear tracks outside of the cabin, but they couldn't find any inside. But in the corner of the room was a giant stuffed bear. Our past extreme experiences can provoke emotional overreactions. In our spouses, in our relationships, oftentimes we're shadow boxing with events from the past. What happened to this guy is he saw a bear, thought it was real, and it killed him. He had a heart attack. And how many of us in relationships are really shadow boxing with each other? Because we're running from bears from our past. We're thinking we're encountering the same bear, but it's not the same bear. He really isn't your dad. She really isn't your mom. Slow to anger part two. Stay detached from your opinions. So Melissa and I were driving. I used to live in New Orleans when I was in graduate school, spending all that money to learn how to communicate and didn't know how to do it. And we're driving down St. Charles Avenue And I mean, I just think those houses are beautiful. Everybody who thinks those houses are beautiful, raise your hand. Okay, notice how many people didn't raise their hand? Well, Melissa was one of those people who didn't raise her hand. And she turns to me, she says, that's ugly. Well, back then, my nickname was Mr. Opinionated. I had an opinion about everything, okay? This is before I knew God. So, see, my God back then was partly my opinion. My opinion sort of was where I went to before I knew God to try to impress people, to try to be somebody. And my opinion had been attached at the time to my identity. And I was so offended by her that she didn't like what I liked. So we have opinions. And it's not the word of God, guys. And we get into fights over opinions. And my wife and I, we've learned to not do this, not do this dance. And so what do you got to do? You got to detach yourself from your opinion. It's not a part of your identity. It's not who you are. In fact, the only thing that's going to last as you enter into the heavenly realm is the word of God in your soul. Your opinion is only a part of you if it lines up with the word of God. Amen? And then I'm going to say here on 1 Corinthians 13, 5, as we move on. So be quick to listen. Everybody say, be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Do not demand your own way. If marriage, if we could talk about marriage for a minute, marriage is nothing but a huge selfishness killer. It's going to demand from you to give up having your way. If you're going to have a successful relationship with others, it's going to demand from you that you give up your right to have your own way. And what I've learned in our relationship is oftentimes we fight over who's right. We fight over who's right. Oftentimes people are expressing, and I'll just talk about the ladies for a minute. A lot of times, guys, ladies are communicating how they feel using words. 
that don't line up with logic. Okay, and, and a lot of times I do the same thing. When we're upset, we're not logical people. In fact, they, research shows that when we're ups, very upset, our blood leaves your brain. <laughs> and it goes into the more vital parts of your body to get you to run faster. So when I am triggered by my wife and I'm wanting to be right, I'm really elevating my opinion over her. I'm really saying to her at that time, what I have to say is more important than you. And, and what I've learned is, if I listen long enough, she begins to make more sense. I begin to understand really what she's trying to say. And we were both saying the same thing. How many of you have ever been in a fight where you really, you were really agreeing and you knew you were agreeing, but you were already so deep into the fight that you were still more like invested in the fight? Somehow you wanted to win, like you were in the Super Bowl or something. That's, I don't think that's God. Just a guess. I don't think that's God in the move there. And then lastly is be safe. Be safe. I want to give you a little tip, ladies. One of the reasons why we don't talk, I'm not talking to everybody here. One of the reasons why guys don't talk is you don't give us enough time to talk. You'll be talking, 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 talking. And, and say, well, what do you think? Well, what, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And, 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 and then you say, well, what are you thinking? And then, and then you say, well, what are you thinking? And, and we haven't had any time to process everything you've said. And we're just like trying to work through the weeds of everything you just got through. We don't really have the time to gather our thoughts yet enough to say something. And then when we open our mouths and then you criticize, remember... The purpose of communication is to connect, not to correct. If you give us some time and you're safe, if, ladies, if you're emotionally safe for us to come out of our turtle shell, it could take weeks. <laughs> and when we do say something, we say a lot with a few words. We don't need a lot of words to say what we really mean in our hearts. So if you ladies are safe with us, we're more likely to come out. Now, some of us just don't come out. That's a whole other story. We've got to allow ladies to be safe. Now, for the guys, we've got to be safe, too. This is just an, an obvious. We've got to be safe, too, for the ladies to, uh, to be able to express themselves. So be quick to listen. Say, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. If you follow that formula, you're likely to not be angry. That's the formula. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. You're likely not to ever enter into the anger part. Certainly make a big difference. So our last, uh, our last scripture here is from Galatians. 6, 1 through 3 from the message. I think you have it up there. And we'll, I'll read it for you. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, I love that word creative. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments to yourself. Right? Now, we grew up in a society where guilt was a motivator. 
We've used guilt to motivate each other. He's saying here, if someone falls into sin against me, forgivingly restore him. Saving your critical comments for yourself, you might need forgiveness before the day's out. Right? Stoop down, reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. Amen? Amen. So everybody say, be quick to listen, listen. slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We're trying to get people to get righteous by getting angry with them and criticizing them and correcting them. And there's a place for correction. It's probably not as often as you may be using it. So the purpose of communication is to connect, not correct. To connect with somebody is to share, as that word in the Latin was, communis. It's about sharing a life with each other by communicating with each other. And it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence, God calls communion a way we connect with Him, right? Communion is what we do when we take of the body and blood of Christ and take Him in. It's a way of connecting with Him. The first part of James 1.19 says, My beloved, he starts off the whole thing reminding you of who you are. You see, the trick is, there is no trick to communicating. Melissa and I had all the techniques you could buy to communicate. We had spent a hundred, say a hundred thousand dollars. And we still had to find the Lord to help us really become the beloved. When you're the beloved, when you're the beloved, you have every need you ever thought imaginable already there within you. Communication then becomes something that you give, not something that you demand from someone else. There's some things that Melissa and I have been listening to Graham Cook lately, and there's some things that he says about this that I'll tie all up, and then I'll have Pastor come up. He said this, when God looks at you, he doesn't see what's wrong with you. But instead, what's missing from your experience from Christ? Life is not about reacting to an external experience. It's about responding to the internal. Holy Spirit living within you. If you're there, if you know you're the beloved, if you know that you know that you know that you're the beloved. And my wife says to me, that house is ugly. Nothing happens to me anymore. I'm like, it is kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah, hmm. hadn't thought of it. it yeah, that stuff kind of, yeah. You, you with me, guys? It, As we become one flesh, we begin to have a whole new way of interacting with each other. But it started with, for us, becoming the beloved. Becoming the beloved. Thank you all so much for having us today and sharing some wisdom that God has given us. Thank you all.